This morning's Advent reading is John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as, as of the Son of, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Welcome to all to our worship service on this Christmas morning. What a wonderful way to begin the day to remember that God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. On that first Christmas, the angel gave this message, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We have gathered this morning to worship and to praise that great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you stand for God's greeting? People of God, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bring our praises to God this morning by turning in our Trinity Psalter hymnal to number 313. Number 313, angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ, the newborn King. We're going to sing verses 1 and 2 and 5. Verses 1 and 2 and 5, number 313.
We will together this morning in scripture and in song recall the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'll read the texts as they are listed in the uh, order of worship. We will sing the songs without announcement, Reverend Squeers, if you would just lead us into those. We'll remain seated for the singing of the first three, Joy to the World, While Shepherds Watch and Hark the Herald. But let's stand when we get to O Come, All Ye Faithful. Luke 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased.
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them.
As we gather on this Christmas morning, we're going to reflect together for a few minutes on the meaning of that first Christmas. I'm going to read once again those first seven verses of Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, kids, it's finally here. It's finally Christmas. We have spent the last four weeks talking about preparing for the celebration of Christmas. And now it's here. Perhaps you have spent time in your home uh, putting up decorations, maybe putting up a Christmas tree, maybe you've done some Christmas shopping, uh, all kinds of preparations to get ready for today. We as a church have been preparing. For the last four Sundays, we've talked about preparing for the celebration of Christmas. We've talked about how God himself prepared all things for the coming of his Son into the world. How he would uh, come to Zechariah and declare to him that there would be a forerunner before the coming of the Messiah. And how Zechariah, when he embraced that truth, when his own son was born and he wrote, John is his name, 
Zechariah praised God and brought blessing. We saw praise and celebration in the life of Mary. The angel came to her and told her of this child to be born. And she responds with praise, praise to God for what he was doing. This morning we enter into the celebration and praise of that son, that son of Mary, that son of God. As we have seen throughout this text, as their hearts overflowed with praise, so our hearts overflow with praise this morning as well. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Our text says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. In those days it became time for Jesus to be born. When was Jesus born, children? What year was he born? Now maybe you know that we really divide all of time into two big pieces based on the birth of Jesus. Anything before his birth we describe as a certain date B.C., before Christ. Anything after his birth we describe as in the year of our Lord, so-and-so. All of history is divided based on the birth of Christ. What year was Christ born? We might think then Christ must have been born in the year zero. Everything before that and everything after that around the, the, the year zero. Well, if we do a little looking, a little study, we see that in that particular year, there was not a registration that was held. Uh, Quirinius was not governor at that time. And so very likely, very likely, Christ was not born exactly at what we might call year zero. We don't know for sure the year he was born. Our text says, in those days, what about the day? What day was Jesus born? And I, I bet if you asked almost anyone on the street today, what day was Jesus born? They'd say, what are you talking about? It was Christmas Day. He was born on December 25. Well, we're not exactly sure about that either. When I was in the seminary, I was working at a restaurant in a private uh, golf club. And uh, around Christmas time, we had many, many Christmas parties that the members would host for each other. And at one of those Christmas parties, um, one of the members came up to me and, and, and she said to me, you know, Jesus wasn't really born in December. I said, well, you're right. We, we don't know he was born in December. She says, everybody knows it was September. <laughs> we don't know for sure what month. We don't know for sure what day. But we do know for sure that he came in the fullness of time. He came exactly when God wanted him to come. Paul will write in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive the adoption 
as sons. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. And we've talked about that in our Advent series. He was born of a woman. He truly was human. And he had to be human. Because God is a just God. God is a righteous God. God will not punish any other creature for the sins of humanity. So Jesus Christ came in the fullness of time, born of a woman, truly human. He was born under law to redeem those under law. Jesus born under law, but he came and perfectly fulfilled all the law, never doing anything wrong. That in his perfection, we might see ourselves credited with that perfection. He came to redeem. We talked about redemption, I think it was last time. Remember, kids, redemption, buying something, paying a price. Jesus Christ came to redeem, to pay a price for those under the law. He came to pay the price for our sins in the fullness of time, in God's perfect timing. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. We celebrate that this Christmas. Not only the coming of a Redeemer, of a Savior, but the coming of the one through whom we become a part of the family of God. Now maybe later today you're gathered with your family. Wonderful. We gather here as a family. The family of God coming to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because of him, we have been adopted as children of God. And therefore, we have peace on earth. Peace not simply with each other, but peace with God. God and sinners reconciled, as we sang. A holy, righteous God, a perfect God, reconciled with fallen sinners dead in sin because of the work of Jesus Christ. No, the day, the month, the year is not so important, but what he came to do, that's what we celebrate on this Christmas day. We celebrate the one who came as a man, human, the one who was born under the law to redeem those, to perfectly fulfill the law, and through him that we might have the adoption as sons and daughters of God, welcomed into his family. We have prepared for this celebration of the coming of Jesus Christ. And, and we know he will come again. We celebrate his first advent, his first coming as he came to earth. There will be a second advent where he will come once again. And, and just like we don't know for sure the, the day or the month of the year when the first advent took place, we don't know for sure when the second advent took place, but we know it will. Jesus Christ will come again. And are we preparing for that advent? Have we prepared our hearts for that? When he comes again to judge the living and the dead, we prepare for that great second advent by right now bowing the knee to Jesus Christ. By right now humbling ourselves before him. Acknowledging our sin and embracing this Savior, this one who was sent in the fullness of time, embracing him as our Lord 
as our Savior, as the one who, through whom we are adopted into the family of God. We celebrate his first advent and we anticipate his second advent. He comes, we read, in the fullness of time. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the worlds be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. They travel to Bethlehem. And most of what we know about Bethlehem, we learn from the Old Testament. Several significant things took place in Bethlehem, the city of David. Remember the story, children, of when David was going to be anointed as king. That story is given to us in 1 Samuel chapter 16. We read there, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have promised for myself a king from among his sons. Samuel is sent to Bethlehem to anoint the new king over God's people. You remember how he went to Jesse and and, uh, how he was there to anoint the king, and Jesse brings his sons before him. And that first son, Aliav, walks in, and, and, and certainly Samuel thinks, this must be the one. And God says, no, that's not the one. And then the second son, Shammah, walks in, and certainly this is the one. No, he's not the one either. And all the sons walk by Samuel, till finally there are no sons left. And Samuel says, is this all there is? Aren't there any more? Well... Well, there's one more. There's one more, but but he's out taking care of the sheep. That was David. And they brought David the shepherd in. And God says, this is the one. This is my choice, my anointed king in Bethlehem, the city of David. The king of Israel is anointed. We read earlier about Bethlehem, back in the book of Ruth. Ruth, that beautiful story of God's redemption uh, for his people. Let's see if I can turn to that just a minute, yeah. Ruth begins in uh, Ruth chapter 1. We read this. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. You recall the story, how they go out from Bethlehem, and then later they come back to Bethlehem, Naomi with her daughter-in-law Ruth. And through Ruth, God would provide redemption for his people. That took place in Bethlehem. It was a town that was connected with redemption. It was a town connected with the kingship. And so how how perfectly fitting that God would take this small town, this simple town, as the place where His Son, Jesus Christ, would be born. 
And they all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town, from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he is of the house and lineage of David. Jesus born in Bethlehem, that city that, that in the Old Testament had prefigured what Jesus Christ would do. He would be king in David's line. He would be redeemer of his people. And I find it so interesting. After the birth of Jesus, after the incarnation, we really don't read anything else about Bethlehem in the New Testament. Bethlehem kind of falls away. Because, because it wasn't so much that the place was important. It was the person that was born in that place. Bethlehem was as a shadow looking forward to the great king, to the great redeemer. And now, Jesus Christ, the reality is here. The king is here. The redeemer is here. And we really don't read anything else about Bethlehem after the story of the incarnation and related events. This simple town, this place where God chose to reveal himself. God chose to reveal his glory. This town spoken of in the prophet Micah. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, of ancient days. From you, small little Bethlehem, from you shall come the ruler, the true ruler who has been promised. A simple place, a small place, because it wasn't so much about the place, it was about the person that came to that place. And how thankful we are that, that God doesn't just bring Christ to the big places. He doesn't just bring Christ to downtown L.A., he doesn't just bring Christ to Chicago, just not to New York City, but simple places. Simple places like here. Chino, not, not well known across the country. In fact, when we moved here, uh, several people asked me, you know, so where are you going to? Chino, California. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. God, God says it's not so much about the place, but the person that I send there. And God chooses here, in our midst, to reveal his power and his glory in the coming of his son, Jesus Christ. We here can celebrate what God has done because of the person, the person whom he has sent. And so we read, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and placed him in a manger. She gave birth, birth to her firstborn son. Mary's firstborn, to be sure. But also the true firstborn son of God, the only eternal natural son. Now we talked before how God had some others whom he called his firstborn. We could even think of Adam that way. Adam, who was God's first human creation. And yet Adam, Adam who would fail when God gave him instructions and commands. We, we talk about Israel as God's firstborn. 
And yet Israel, who would again and again sin and turn away from God, now the true firstborn, God's perfect firstborn, God's eternal natural firstborn, comes upon the scene. The one who would never fail, the one who would never sin, this coming of the firstborn Son of God, that's what we celebrate today. Not just the birth of a baby. Many babies are born. We've had babies born in our own congregation. But the birth of God's firstborn, Jesus Christ, who comes and, and is that Redeemer, that King, that Savior of His people. This portion of the story ends this way. They laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. No place for them in the inn. That's been understood various ways. What I find striking is that on that first Christmas, there was no room for Jesus. No room, kids, for Jesus. No place for them in the inn. And I can't help but wonder in our own Christmas celebration, do we have a place for Jesus? We celebrate today with family. We're thankful. We have two of our kids home, thankful to have family around. We celebrate with friends. And it's a wonderful thing, and it's an appropriate thing. But Christmas is not, first of all, about family. And it's not, first of all, about friends. It's, first of all, about Jesus Christ, who he is and what he came to do. And that's why it's so appropriate for us to gather here this morning. This family, the family of God, gathering together to celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. There must be place for Jesus in our celebration. It's a wonderful, wonderful tradition to begin Christmas in God's house. Certainly not commanded to do that. It's not the Lord's Day. But it's a wonderful tradition that we not crowd Jesus out, that there not be no place for him. We begin our day in God's house. We begin our day by remembering him, time and place for Jesus. And of course, that time and place is not only for today. Jesus Christ must have the first place in our life and the best of our time. And so every week we are called to gather together, to put him first, the first day of the week, to gather as the family of God, in the house of God, to once again remember Jesus Christ, what he came to do, our great king, our only redeemer from sin. Every Lord's Day, we remember Jesus Christ and Christmas. I remember seeing a, uh, a sign in front of a church. They had a reader board out in front of their church. And about this time of year, driving past that church and that sign, and it, the sign said, we are open between Christmas and Easter. We are open between Christmas and Easter. We make time for Jesus at Christmas. We make time for Jesus at Easter. But every Lord's Day, 
Every Lord's Day, God calls us to celebrate the coming of His Son, the forgiveness of our sins, the giving of the Redeemer. Will we have time this coming Lord's Day to gather to celebrate Jesus Christ and Christmas? Today is the beginning of our celebration, a celebration that will continue through the coming Lord's Day and all the Lord's Days following, that will continue throughout our lives celebrating what Jesus Christ has done, new life that we have in him, part of the family of God because of Christmas. We're not sure of the year, we're not sure of the day, but we are sure Jesus Christ came, son of a woman, son of God, to redeem us, his fallen people. We have become part of his family, and so this morning, as a family, we celebrate. Our preparation has now ended. The celebration begins and will, by God's grace, continue throughout the day and throughout our lives. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for this day of celebration, a day that we focus on, on the incarnation of your Son. What an what a incredible mystery, O oh God, that he who was eternal would become incarnate, and fill all those Old Testament expectations and prophecies. He would be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. He would be a king. He would be a redeemer. All that you had promised. Oh, we celebrate him today. Help us, O oh God, in our celebrations to remember Jesus Christ is the center of what we do, the center of our lives, the center of this day, the center of the Lord's day, and the center of every day. Help us, O oh God, truly to worship and to praise and to celebrate what you have done. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. We are going to turn in the Trinity Psalter to number 312. 312. Christians awake, salute the happy morn, whereon the Savior of the world was born. Rise to adore the mystery of love, which hosts of angels chanted from above. And them the joyful tidings were begun of God incarnate and the Virgin Son. Oh, may we keep and ponder in our mind God's wondrous love in saving lost mankind, trace we the babe who hath received our loss from his poor manger to his bitter cross. Tread in his steps, assisted by his grace, till our imperfect state God doth replace. We're going to sing verse 1 and 5 and 6. 1 and 5 and 6, number 312, and let's stand together as we sing.
join together in a time of prayer. Lord our God, what a joy it is for us to come together today to celebrate, to celebrate your goodness and your love shown to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, O God, that we celebrate as your family, those who have been adopted as your sons and daughters. All the preparation has taken place, and now, Lord God, it is time to celebrate. Celebrate the perfection of his work. That you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be a redeemer. One who has taken away all of our sins. One who has washed us and cleansed us with his very blood. You have sent him, O God, to be our king, our eternal king who rules us today, who rules us every day. Help us, O God, to to respond in loving obedience as a part of our celebration of his birth. We pray, O God, that as we have studied uh, this first chapter of Luke, you would give us wisdom to, to understand the truth you've given to us there. May we, like Elizabeth, have hearts that recognize the greatness of the Messiah, May we, like Zechariah, learn that your word is true and it is always true and your promises are completely reliable. Lord God, may we, like Mary, humble ourselves before you as your servants. And even as John, who was sent to prepare the way for Christ, may we, O God, prepare by repenting of our sins, by turning away from our sinful ways and embracing Jesus Christ as our Lord our Savior. Lord God, help us to truly celebrate on this day, a day of joy, a day of of, uh, relaxation, a day of enjoyment with family and friends. We thank you so much. We could begin in your house with the family of God to celebrate the birth of your son. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Following our service this morning, You'll have opportunity to bring your, your gifts for the Assure Pregnancy Center. The baskets are on either side of the front when the doors are open and we are ushered out. You may bring your gifts and also the back door uh, for the fellowship hall. Would you stand for the parting blessing of God? Following this blessing, we'll sing together from a Trinity Psalter hymnal number 296, just verse 5, and that is also printed in the uh, order of worship this morning. God's parting blessing, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. Amen.